You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Good to, good to see you all here this evening. Um, if I can be perfectly honest with you, I've been really glad for the opportunities that I've had so far uh, that pastor has given me to, to come and preach up here uh, to you all. I was actually chatting with, with Brother Chad out in the foyer before the service, and good to have them back, by the way. Glad that they're back. Um, the Lord kept them safe on their trip. But anyways, just talking to him, he said, man, by the time you get back to college, you'll have this in the bag. And I'm thinking, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, not, it's not even getting up and, and, and standing in front of people. That's, that's necessarily the bother. But there's always that fear in the back of your head that you're going to do what those people on the family feud sometimes do, and they'll say something completely off the wall, and they'll have no idea what they said. And that's probably the biggest thing that's running through my mind right now is, please don't say anything that doesn't make any sense, because if you all come up to me and say, did you really say that? I'm not going to know, and I'm going to say, yeah, of course I did. <laughs> so please bear with me if uh, that happens. But uh, anyways, it's given me kind of, that, that kind of gives me a new appreciation, though, for, for what Pastor does. The more that I do this, the more I appreciate the lengths our pastor goes to, um, to prepare for these sermons, um, to, to make sure that everything is in order, that he has something to give to us every week, because it's, it's not easy, you know, having that responsibility to not only take, take the Bible and take a truth out of it, but to apply it in its context and to a, a way that people can understand, and um, anyways, um, and he has to do that three times a week for the rest of his life foreseeably, <laughs> so... Um, if you think about it, thank him for the effort that he puts into it. I'm sure he'd, I'm sure he'd appreciate that. But uh, anyways, to get to our message tonight, if you would all um, please take your Bibles and stand with me, turning to 2 Samuel chapter 23. We'll be in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 23. And uh, tonight we will be reading in verse, starting in verse number 8. So 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse number 8. And uh, the title of my lesson, uh, title of my message tonight is the five B's, which is be brief, brother, be brief, because I'm not sure how long this is going to be. But <laughs> anyways, chapter number 23, verse number 8, um, uh, the Bible says, these be the names of the mighty men whom David had. The, the Tachmanite that sat in the seat, chief among the captains, the same was Edino the Esnite. He lift up his spear against 800 whom he slew at one time. And after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the Ahohite, one of the three mighty men with David, when they defied the Philistines that were gathered there together to battle, and the men of Israel were gone away. He arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary, and his hand clave unto the sword, and the Lord wrought a great victory that day, and the people returned after him only to spoil. And after him was Shammah, the son of Aji, the Herite. And the Philistines were gathered together into a troop, where was a piece of ground full of lentils. And the people fled from the Philistines. But he stood in the midst of the ground, and defended it, and slew the Philistines. And the Lord wrought a great victory. And three of the thirty chief went down, and came to David in the harvest time, unto the cave of Adullam. And the troop of the Philistines pitched in the valley of Rephaim. And David was then in an hold, and the garrison of the Philistines was then in Bethlehem. And David longed and said, Oh, that one would give me drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. And the three mighty men break through the host of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem 
that was by the gate, and took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, he would not drink thereof, but poured it out unto the Lord. And he said, Be it far from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Is not this the blood of the men that went in jeopardy of their lives? Therefore, he would not drink it. And these things did these three mighty men. All right, thank you. You may be seated. So, if I can take a moment here, um, I would like to clarify that this is a portion of one of my favorite passages of Scripture in the whole Bible. And I know that preachers maybe tend to say that a lot. You're thinking, you know, the whole Bible is your favorite passage of Scripture. But legitimately, this is one of my favorite passages of Scripture uh, in the whole Bible. And is there an uplifting spiritual truth in it? Because that, I mean, sure, I suppose uh, if you look for it, it is the Bible, after all. That's what we're going to try to do here tonight. But uh, if I can be perfectly honest with you, this is one of my favorite passages for reasons that are less than spiritual in nature. And I'm sure the thought has already crossed your mind, and you may have thought, surely it's not just because he thinks it's cool, or you thought that from the very start, in which case you'd be right. This is one of my favorite passages of Scripture because I think it's cool. So um, whenever I have someone tell me that reading the Bible is, is really hard because it's boring, this is the place I take them to just to prove them wrong. So... Um, And and what's not to like about it? Um, It's an account of some of the fiercest men who ever lived, and that is the epitome of awesome. Um, As you can see, I am a male. Um, I was raised in a home where men do manly things like work on cars, repair broken stuff, and open the pickle jar on the first try. Um, I think that a man being a man is important, and I also think that a woman being a woman also is important. Um, I thank the Lord that he made me a man that likes manly things. I also thank the Lord that there's a woman out there who he's brought along that he's been preparing for me who likes woman things. Um, and I'm glad that I have a manly dad and a womanly mom. And I, I could go on with that list of thankful for that distinction there. And, and the passage of this scripture is manly. So sorry, ladies, I'm, I'm going to go into guy mode for a little bit as I, as I try to talk to this, but I'll try to make it relevant in the end. So, so bear with me. But uh, being a male, I would say, Each and every one of us as men aspire to achieve that defining level of manliness that we see. We have everyone that we we look at and we say, man, that that is a man right there. Like, I want to emulate that. And there's many different qualities, I think, in in Scripture that outline uh, what it means to be manly, um, all the different attributes of manliness. There's there's different ones in in Scripture, but in the instance of this passage, I think we're going to talk about the simple quality of might. And I think there's, there's, there's a common misconception that I know that I had when I was younger um, in, 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 relevance, uh, in relation to this term because, you know, as a young boy and even in our, in our young adult years, as men, we have a desire to be strong, at, at least physically speaking. Every man has an innate desire to be strong, and there, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, uh, being, strength doesn't necessarily reflect quality of character, as professional athletes remind us on a fairly consistent basis. Um, but it, it's an attribute that when you think about it, strength is associated with manliness. And, and when you were young, you, your dad was the strongest man alive. There, there was no contest about that. And likewise, as a dad, you want your kids to, to eat their greens and drink their milk and, and be active so they grow up to be, as the phrase goes, big and strong. Um, and, and I've yet to meet any other guy who at some point in his life has not stood in front of a mirror and flexed his muscles at himself to, to see how strong he was. So, again, well, I'm sure, sure it's, it's shallow, I, I would say, for, for the most part, but I think there's validity in, in wanting to be strong as, as a man. 
See, God designed men to, uh, to grow significantly in, in stature and in, and in strength. And, and he gave them as well an innate desire to conquer things. We want to go out and climb stuff. We want to, we want to drive fast cars or, or something. I don't know. We have this innate desire to say, I've done this because, and I've conquered it. There's these achievements that I want to reach. And, and in order to do those things, you know, a vast majority of challenges that you'd come across in your life is need, need a small measure of strength of, to some degree in order to uh, accomplish. So... Again, I don't think it's too much to say then that, that men should possess strength then as, as leaders and providers and supporters, and it's a necessary quality we're designed to have. But there, there is a big difference, though, between uh, the, the terms strong and then those that would be classified as mighty, wouldn't there? Um, it's, it's not a common word that we really use to describe people as individuals anymore. We might say, well, a country has a mighty military force or, or something, but you've never, you, I don't think as of late I've heard anyone as a specific person be referred to as mighty. And so, and, and so what's the difference? And looking at the definitions of just the English words, there doesn't appear on the, on the surface to be that much of, of a difference in definitions, but I mean, if you just use them in a sentence, you can kind of tell there's, mighty carries a different sense than, than strong does. And and so if we took a moment to look at our passage, I'd like to draw some lines and maybe make some, some comparisons. So uh, first we need to recognize that this is not a, a part of Scripture where it's just some story being told um, for, for the sake of elaborating on another point. This is, this is the, uh, a portion of the Scripture that is a statement of fact. This is an account written uh, within the book of 2 Samuel, which to the Hebrew people would have been um, listed or a part of the group of the books of the kings. So this was just, a, it's a coexisting record along with the book of Chronicles that just records historical fact for, for the Hebrew nation. And so what we're dealing with here isn't just some story. These are facts that are preserved for us in the word of God, which I find even cooler. Um, so uh, we have this first man here who is given as someone who has slain 800 men with a spear within a single battle. First of all, that's absolutely insane. Um, even in terms of physical strength, um, I enjoy being rough. I enjoy rough and tumbling and stuff. Like I said, my, we grew up in a household where wrestling and, and roughhousing around, that was okay. We were encouraged to do that because that's what boys do. But even, even your, your professional combatants would say, that's ridiculous. 800 people at one time is absolutely ridiculous. And, and any health and fitness professionals would say that having a level of strength that would allow you to do that is impossible. It cannot be done. And... Uh, and, and so moving on, we also have a man who, when everyone else had, had left the battle, um, they went off and fought, fought an army of Philistines by himself to the point that he'd fought for so long, he, he could not let his sword go. He held on for dear life to the point where he could not let go and, and lasted for who knows how long. And then another man who defended a plot of ground that had, um, it had I think, barley was one of the commentaries that I read of, of lentils. It was it was barley, I think they said, but it was, he was protecting resources for the children of Israel when the Philistines were going to come in and, and just destroy them to, to wreak havoc. So do these, do these accomplishments, and like I said, these men individually fighting off vast numbers of people that we would all say physically impossible. That's not possible. And uh, so, so is it accomplishments such as these then that would constitute the difference between being strong and being mighty? You can be world champion heavyweight boxer and you can be strong but you can fight off 800 guys at one time and you can be mighty. Is that really the difference that we're looking for here? And I think at face value, the answer then would actually be no. 
Um, when you look at the, the feats themselves, no matter how impossible they might seem to be, in the end, when you're comparing them, whether or not you're fighting off one person or 100 or, in one guy's case, 800 people, it's still a physical display uh, of strength. But I'd like to point out here that our distinction lies then with the, with the possibility or rather impossibility of, of these accomplished tasks. Um, we already know that these men were not innately capable of doing the things that we read here. Like we said, it's not physically impossible. No amount of preparation is going to make you capable of doing those things by yourself. Um, so no, they, they, there's no amount of work that can be put into achieving this level of being a mighty man, as these, as these men were so called. So what was it? Well, we already know the big answer to that one. It says it for us. God did it. Um, you look at verses number, verse number 12. But he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines. And the Lord wrought a great victory. Um, even a few verses before that. Um, and the, in verse number 10, and the Lord wrought a great victory that day. And the people returned after him only to spoil. So, so the Bible acknowledges that these miraculous feats of strength by these mighty men was ultimately the Lord who was working through these men. So, 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 so what, what was this quality that, that caused God to, to allow them, to empower them to do these things? Was it, was it based on predisposition or genetic superiority or their just innate abilities to, to be great? I would, I would have to say no. Rather, these men um, possessed some characteristics that were far deeper that God then allowed them to become these mighty men. Um, take a look at verse number 13 for me again. It says, And three of the thirty chief went down and came to David in the harvest time to the cave of Adullam. And the troop of the Philistines pitched in the valley of Rephaim. And David was then in Enhold, and the garrison of the Philistines was then in Bethlehem. And David longed and said, Oh, that one would give me drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. And the three mighty men break through the host of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem, that was by the gate, and took it, and brought it to David. Nevertheless, he would not drink thereof, but poured it out unto the Lord. So, there's, there's a quality within these men that, that far exceeds that of strength, which, which is what made these men mighty. And that's displayed, I would say, in this account right here. There's a reason why we, why we have an account of this particular feat right here after the description of these men. Um, these three men that were just mentioned in the verses before and all of their respective individual accomplishments um, each played a part in the, in the following account. And, and notice what we see about them. They were there with, with David during his time of hiding in the cave of Adullam. And uh, they, they were serving their captain. They were serving their anointed king um, who was currently on the run. And they'd been, they'd been running with him this whole time, serving him, fighting for him. And... You know, he desired water from a well in Bethlehem that was currently occupied by the Philistine camp. And so these three men didn't just see that need and, and sneak around and go and, and get this water, then sneak back and get it to him. Neither did they just say, well, he'll make do with water from somewhere else. The men said, no. They got up, and they, the verse says they had to break through. So, so these three guys got up and fought through ranks of enemies, drew this water, fought their way back, and, and brought it to the king. And I would say, again, the choice of words in itself uh, gives the implication of a, of a forceful entry and, and a daring retreat. And so these men did it because they were confident in their abilities, right? I mean, one guy fought off 800 men. The other man fought so long his hand clave into his sword. And the other one successfully defended who knows how many men to protect a piece of ground. Um, they were mighty after all. But no, um, the defining characteristic of these men was entirely the internal quality of the desire to get things done. 
See, David himself couldn't even bring himself to drink what they brought back. Knowing full well of the feats that these men had previously accomplished, he still recognized that this action had, had put their lives in jeopardy, that these men were not immortal strong men. They were still, they were still mortal men. And so he, he understood himself that, that the Lord had a lot to do with the things that these men accomplished. And so he was so moved, though, by their desire to serve the king um, and to serve the Lord that he recognized who it was that brought those men out and poured it out to the Lord for protecting his men. And the defining trait, again, of the mighty men was seeing a need, recognizing the potential cost, and acting in service anyway. Um, if you look at the term that's used for mighty in these verses, um, the, the Hebrew word is actually used several other times throughout the Old Testament, and it's replaced with valor. And so if you look at the definition of valor, valor implies more of an internal substance, an internal characteristics of courage, of initiative, of integrity. That's, that's kind of what the sense that valor gives, rather than physical strength. And I think that that's, that's the main thing that motivated these men. Um, I want to labor on the fact that it was these men which helped make David an effective king and ruler. Um, as Curtis mentioned in one of his previous sermons, a leader is actually only as effective as those that are following him. Um, and while we recognize that the Lord delivered David from the hands of his enemies many, many times, and, and miraculously at some points, I don't think we often pay much attention to who or what the Lord used to do so, and that was often the men that followed David. Um, it wasn't by any merit of strength or skill as soldiers, but there was a commitment that each of these men had to stand by the Lord's anointed and to ensure that by any means necessary, things got done. And as a result, the Lord always equipped these men to serve David in absolutely incredible ways that no one has heard of since. And... Um, you know, the kingdom of Israel was at its peak as a result of the work that not only David, but David's men put into following David. And so I would like to draw a comparison then here to Eastside Baptist Church. Um, we're all here, a, a body of believers. We're, we're a group of pillars. Um, each and every one of us is a, is a cog in some complex mechanical structure that, that creates this church. We're, we're what makes it work. And we, we follow our pastor. And I think you can see the direction I'm going with this, and you can say, well, now, wait a minute, bub. He's, he's not our king, and I know. Um, if anyone's in a position of leadership decides that they want to be your king, you have a problem, and you need to deal with that very quickly. But um, from a position of leading and from that perspective and from a position of following, um, you could say that our pastor is in the position of leading, and therefore we in the position of following. And, and the truth of the matter is, is that the effectiveness of our pastor's leadership is, lies just as much on us as it does on him. And uh, much like King David could not have possibly done everything he did without the support of his mighty men, our pastor needs some mighty men of his own. Um, there's, there's needs around here, and there's ministries, and there's things that, that take quite a bit to be done, and it takes quite a bit of sacrifice. And already I can point to several faces in this room that I, would, I could call for 100% for certainty. These are, these are some mighty men. Um, uh, you could see a ministry and, and you could see a need and you could say, um, you know, I'd like to. I'm not entirely sure that I'm qualified for that, though. Uh, you know, I don't know if I'd be good at it. Uh, I think there's someone else that might be better than me. Um, I don't know if I have the, the time or the resources to take care of that. And... And I want to I draw to attention that the mighty men, back, back when they were serving King David, probably asked themselves uh, the same questions. You know, we have this tendency to rationalize within ourselves, okay, 
am I really the right person to get this job done? And, um, you know, even if the task seemed impossible, though, the defining trait of these men was that they saw the need, saw the cost, and they rolled their sleeves up anyway, and they got to work. Um, They didn't do it because it was feasible or because it just happened to work out. They fought in battles because the Lord put them in a position to support their leadership, and they were going to do it. Um, In church, um, we're responsible for helping this church grow into what it needs to be. Um, Our pastor is our leadership, but we need some mighty men and women, both, who are going to stand up and and take the initiative to get things done. You know, Mary, maybe you carry a a burden for people in the prison ministry. Um, That ministry could use more people to help. Um, The children's ministry needs teachers. The nursery needs workers. They need committed people that are going to take time each and every week, week after week, going and investing in kids in the back and, and showing them that you're interested in them not only as an individual, but in their spiritual growth. And that's something that they might not even get at home. Um, and, and maybe you think it'd be nice to see one of our big buses that we have parked out there pull up and, and drop off a, a full load of kids on a Sunday morning for church. Um, maybe you have a burden for, for, for all the shut-ins or the people that are in the care of nursing facilities that don't have the opportunities to be here. And, um, you know, could you do it? You know, you have that desire... I mean, I'm sure every single one of us in this room has thought of something that, like, man, that would be neat if that could be a thing. But then you start ration- we start rationalizing within ourselves and say, well, man, I hope that that gets taken care of sometime soon. Well, well why not you? Um, there I say it, but, friend, that's the main difference um, between the mighty and everybody else. Um, the thing about strength and resources and, and predispositions and having enough time and all the other things that you could possibly factor into it is that they're, they're limited. Um, everyone, everyone each has their own limit, and those limits are different. I, I'll make that exception. Everyone has different amounts of each, but it all runs out at some point. Um, same for our three mighty men. They could have been big, strong, battle-hardened, and the fiercest warriors alive. We don't know many details about them, but they could have been, very well could have been the best of the best. But that's, that's not the quality that, that we're drawn to, because at some point that strength would have run out. Um, in, in the end... Even the passage recognized that it was God that helped them accomplish those needs. It was God that gave them the strength and the capacity to see those things through to the end. You know, um, they could have looked way out across the field of the Philistines when they were going to go get that water and think, man, it's just water. That's not worth it. But, um, you know, I wouldn't have blamed them. But their response to the need was, the king wants that water, so I'm going to go get him that water. And, And they went and they did it. And, and that dedication, that, that, that drive that they had uh, to serve the king was blessed by the Lord. And to see him ultimately get the glory for that victory was the outcome. Um, those are the kind of people that we need. Well, I'm, I'm not sure I know how to work with inmates. I'm, I'm not sure I have the time to drive out to a nursing facility um, to make visits. I don't know if I'd be able to handle driving kids around or handle corralling children in a classroom. I don't know if I'm cut out for that. Um, again, that list goes on when we make attempts to rationalize these things. But whatever it may be, I'm not sure if this is possible for me, but the work of the Lord needs it to be done. And that's the responsibility of a mighty man. That's the response of a mighty man. Um, ladies, that's the response of a mighty woman. Um, having dedication, vision, and a desire to see this church become everything that the Lord wants it to be would, would be the desire of a mighty man or a mighty woman. And we're, we're about to go into our prayer time tonight, and I, I thank you very much. But if you would, um, take some time maybe to consider, is there, is there a burden that you have? Do you notice a need around here that maybe someone else is trying to uphold on their own, but they might, they might be struggling with it? And, 
and you, you have the resources to provide that help or you just feel led to provide that help. You might not even know if you can provide the adequate help that you need, but the church needs, the church needs people that'll stand up and say, you know, I, quite frankly, I don't know what it's going to take from me. I don't know what they're going to expect out of me, but it needs to get up and get done. And so I'm going to get up and go do it. So just take a minute to, to think about maybe some of the things that you've seen. Is there, is there areas? Or are there, can you increase your capacities? Um, would, you, would you classify yourself as a mighty man or as a mighty woman? Um, you know, take some time to pray and ask the Lord to help you and see some of those things. And uh, Again, thank you very much for your attention tonight. I'm going to close this in prayer right now, and then we'll have a bit of our prayer time, and then Brother Ken will come and close us again. So. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.